Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucet, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette. And as we do every Thursday, we're joined by a brand new guest talking about their life and their journey throughout the world of martial arts. My guest today is the education manager at WBTB2 South Florida PBS, where she created and oversees the production of an online program for preschool teachers and kids called Kid Vision Pre-K. She's been studying martial arts since 1973 and is currently a seventh degree black belt and was also a longtime member of the USAF Board of Governors. Please welcome my guest today, Penny Bernath. How are you doing today, Penny? Hi, I'm very good and I'm happy to speak to you. Good. Well, what we like to do with all my guests, we go back to the beginning. I want to know what was that first interest? Where did that first interest, that first spark in martial arts come from? The first spark of martial arts was, I'm going to date myself. I was watching a Merv Griffin show and there was an interview with a couple of women, three women who had been raped and all of the common denominator was they wish they had been able to protect themselves, even if they couldn't, just to have enough gumption to do something because they relied on calling out and nobody came to their rescue. And so they were dealing mentally with being so vulnerable. And now they were taking martial arts and they were doing things to defend themselves and help them feel better. And I was sitting in a room, 20 years old, and thinking, I have no defenses and I need to find out about things. So I saw, you know, started investigating a little bit. I'm South Florida and things happen here. And we were in the middle of Miami Vice days. So I, you know, it was violence was around, but I saw Aikido in a park and it was just beautiful and functional and like a dance with power and movement. And I never had seen myself as a person that would kick or punch anybody. I wasn't interested in being aggressive. I was interested in self-protection okay. and in self-protection that I myself could do without, without thinking that I have to overpower anyone. Okay. So then thinking back, then you, you saw it in the park and then I'm assuming you went and found a school. So what, think about those first few classes. What was it once you started doing it that made you <laughs> want to stick with it? Uh, nothing. <laughs> I was terrified. Okay. I'm um, never very physically active. My mother is Cuban and women don't do things like that. We cheer our men on. And so I was never encouraged to do any kind of physical activity in school. Wow. So the first act, you know, of people grabbing me and physically just grabbing and striking at me really took me for a loop. But I knew I knew I needed to do something. And then I had this thing called mat fear that every time I went to fall down, I just got so afraid of falling that I I froze up and I hurt myself. And my teacher at the time, Steve House, he said, we're going to get over this. He was so kind and wonderful. He's the one that made the difference. Okay. And he, he threw me until I saw stars. And I was like, oh, those are the stars I see in commercials. 
Well, I couldn't, I didn't have time for the fear. I only had time for the fall. And he got me over the fear factor to the point where I felt I can do this. And I think that's the part of Aikido is if you can learn how to fall, you will survive. If you can't, if you can't fall, you're not going to stay. I think, you know, I, I didn't study Aikido for a long time, but that was the the most important thing I learned was how to fall properly. I mean, I, we had learned how to fall in some other martial arts I have done, but Aikido takes it to another level. It's just, it was, that was the hands down the best skill I learned in about the year I took Aikido and it was so wonderful. Yeah. It's the, it's the part of the art. It's as equally as important as the, the nage part or the performing technique is the falling part, okay. which is like about it. It's very balanced. So back then, now this was early seventies. Now, were you at the time, were you the only female in class? Was there other females that were taking it at the same time? It was a very small class, maybe okay. at the most six people showing up, Wow! but the people who show up were very dedicated to each other and a, a small, strong community. There was another woman in the class and I'm, fa- I'm friends with her on Facebook and once in a while we touch base, Okay, but she was the only other female and females came and went, but not. It were definitely a lot of times it was just me and the guys, but the guys that were there were very supportive and, um, and nurturing. Okay. Well, that's a very important too. I know you kind of mentioned your instructor, Steve. So, you know, what, what are some of the things that really stood out about him? I know you mentioned how he was so important and he was the kind of the reason you stuck with it. What are some things that stood out maybe about his teaching style? I think kindness, but at the same time, firmness, it was like a kind and firm at the same time, their expectations to make, but he was going to help you make those expectations and step by step so that it wasn't just kind of throwing you to the wolves, but this is where we're going and this is how we're going to get there. And let's take this one step at a time. So following that path really helped me build skills that could turn into Aikido. Okay. So then thinking back then, you know, those, those first couple of years you were there, walk us through a typical class, you know, and then also talk about how, how different or how, how the same it is compared to a class nowadays. In the beginning, um, class would be, like I said, at most six people, generally three to four people. My sensei was very formal. Steve was very formal because he didn't have a lot of training. So we studied a book called Aikido and the Dynamic Sphere. Mm-hmm. And we took out the book and picked a technique. And like I said, we walked through it and then got stronger and stronger at it. But we really used the book as our guide. Wow. And he wasn't a black belt yet. He, he went to summer camp and he failed his first test. And we were all devastated. We didn't see the test because we weren't, we didn't even know about going to seminars then. Mm -hmm. But he came back and all of us were like, we can do this. We can do this together. You helped us. We're going to help you. And we worked on it again, following the book, Aikido and the Dynamic Sphere. And he went back to summer camp and he did it. And I think the fact that he, he went, he didn't give up. And we all worked together and he did it, made us not think about ourselves, but think about his practice and helping him achieve his goals. And that made us really united as a a community. Now, um, I'm at Florida Aikikai. My husband, Peter, and I run the school. Um, We have, well, there's pre-pandemic and there's pandemic. Right. Yep, definitely. (laughs) There's pre-pandemic, pandemic, and post-pandemic. Um, right now, we're we're working on it. Before the pandemic, we had easily over 100 adults and 100 kids. 
after the pandemic, we, you know, we had those loyal students that supported us. And luckily though we're in not this it's either lucky or not. We live in Florida and our governor doesn't believe in COVID. And so as soon as restrictions could be opened, he opened the doors to city buildings. We're in a city building. Okay. And so we masked and we did weapons and we each had our own little square and our own community start. And now I would say we are well on our way, probably 85% okay. back. And more and more where we are, we're in the heart of the city of Fort Lauderdale. And they're doing a lot of building. A lot of people are moving in from New York, young people, really from all over the country. Mm -hmm. and, and we're finding that every week new students are joining. Some will stay, but some won't. But at least the new blood is coming in. Okay. So then that backing up a little, then how long did you stay at that first school you were at? Forever. I'm still oh. at that school. Oh, that's the same school. It morphed, you know, yeah, my sister, wow. he just, he left, he wanted to be a police officer mm -hmm. and he left to, to do that. Unfortunately, he died in the line of duty. Oh. It was something he always wanted to do. So it's acceptable mm -hmm. in sort of strange way. Um, my husband was a student, original student of Yamada Sensei, who is original student of O Sensei. Wow. And so he's like the grandchild of Aikido and my and Yamada Sensei, probably I trained for a week before I met him. So he's always been in my realm and the power of meeting someone and training with someone who trained directly under O Sensei was powerful and he was powerful. And so he said, I, I organized the United States Aikido Federation conference. It's a long story. Yep. Anyway, as it turns out, he, my teacher, Yamada Sensei, sent Peter Bernath from New York to start Florida Aikikai, asked that I run the dojo and that Peter instructed the dojo. And the three of us made a partnership. He funded it. And he had New York Aikikai. And we started Florida Aikikai. And that was after my teacher left. So really all the dojo just morphed into the same dojo, okay. but in a different way. Okay. Wow. So at what level and, and how far into it did you, you start teaching and what, what made you, what, what gave you the interest in teaching? I don't know if I was interested in teaching as um, <laughs> we needed a teacher that day and okay. I was like, so you're it, you know, that kind of thing. Uh -huh. I, I'm a teacher by trade. Okay. So I'm, I understand teaching and learning and the back and forth of it. And I think that makes a big difference, but it was very difficult, you know, in the beginning, because I'm a female and the majority of our students were male to, I remember the first time bowing in and turning around and seeing that it was all men on the mat. And just, I don't feel that way now, right. but then I felt very insecure that they were looking at me like, they're here to take a martial art. They're here to kick some butt and be martial artists. And who am I? that I can help them with their strengths and their power when I'm a woman, you know, but um, right. just thinking about my own skills and what I know about Aikido and instead of going to the fear factor, going to what do I know that we can all work on together? Again, the training of working together to make some, make all of us better 
And so more of a cooperative teaching thing than um, I'm better than you. And so I'm going to teach you attitude. Okay. So then thinking back to those, those first few classes to, to now, uh, what do you think has changed most about your teaching style over the years? Oh, I'm totally more confident. I know what I'm doing. I'm not afraid. I've seen Aikido around the world. I've traveled around the world with my teacher, with Yamada Sensei, and for a long time with Kenai's original students, the founder of Aikido, and seen Aikido in all countries in Europe and South America and Canada and Japan. And so I feel like the overall sense of going to different dojos, even in the same state, every dojo has its own, its own community, its own way of doing things, its own way of bowing in and how they show respect to each other. And I think just that overall knowledge, even in the warmups, like I never was sure about my warmups, if they were okay, Mm -hmm. if I was the right thing, because we didn't have videos then we were just looking at a book. Right. And so I remember the first time we went to Japan and we went to Doshu's class, the founder's grand or founder's son at that time, his class and watching his warm up. And I was so thrilled because he did basically, I did it basically exactly what he did. (laughs) Just, yeah, just out of, I think the core of the art. That's really cool. And following my teacher. Definitely. Yeah. No. Now, earlier you mentioned weapons. Now, for a lot of people don't usually associate weapons with Aikido, you know, people who don't understand the art know a lot about it. So talk a little bit about the weapons training in Aikido. We have Boken, which is a, a wooden, or it's like a wooden sword. Mm-hmm. And it's treated just like a wooden sword. It's not meant to be a sword. It's a wooden sword. And we practice a lot with, there are a lot of different styles, even with our own federation, there are styles within the federation. And it's really good practice for your back and your muscles. And, you know, I think it's effective if you were going to get hit with that sword with people training just during the pandemic. I must have done at least a thousand cuts a day just to keep my body safe. And then there's a book, uh, Joe, which is a wooden staff, which is my favorite Mm -hmm. because there's so many things you can do with a staff. It's so open ended and you can wheel it around and you know, just walking around and stepping forward and stepping back and moving your hands to the side and moving your hands forward and blocking yourself and striking to the side and striking to the back. It's active and it's fun. And you can, um, you know, you can either learn a kata or you can just play with it yourself. And it's, and you can see that it could be effective. And then you feel like, all I need is a stick and I'm going to be okay. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yep, definitely. And then we have a tanto, which is like a small wooden knife. Again, it's treated as a wooden knife. And we do like things you would do with a knife, like a strike to the side of the head, a strike, you know, a strike to the belly from behind and just practice different movements using the wooden knife. Okay. So, and then the organization that you're in for Aikido, do you guys do competitions at all? Is that something you ever got involved in? No, we're the United States Aikido Federation and we, we conduct a lot of seminars. Okay. So seminar is an event where one or two or three teachers will go and teach and you take um, maybe a, a class on Friday night, on Saturday, probably two classes in the morning, two classes and have lunch, two classes in the afternoon and Sunday have one or two classes and everybody trains together and the idea is just to 
hear from new instructors, train with people that come in so that you get a different sense of the world and not just your own dojo mm -hmm. and share information and just practice as hard as you can learning new things in the same art. So do you yourself present at a lot of these seminars? I, I'm assuming you've I traveled do. around. Okay. So uh, how many states have you been able to, to do seminars in? you know, offhand or roughly? Well, I just went to San Francisco nice. and I'm going to Boston in August and Orlando after that. Wow. We're just getting started back again. Right. Um, before that, I traveled all over the United States and Canada. I'm trying to think, of, I mean, from Kansas to New York to Santa Barbara, San Francisco, wow. a lot in Florida, Georgia, Louisiana and New Orleans, Chicago. I don't know. So before, before COVID, how often were you probably traveling then? Um, probably uh, at least once every couple of months, Okay. sometimes once a month. My husband travels a lot. Well, he did before pre-pandemic. He traveled at least once a month. And in the beginning, I would travel with him and Yamada Sensei. Okay. And then it got to the point where, Yamada, where Peter was doing his own seminar, so I traveled with him. And then, um, and I still travel. I prefer doing seminars with him because, you know, we get to go together. We both enjoy the art. We talk about the people that are there. It's just fun. And when I go by myself, that's fun too and empowering, but um, it's not as much fun. I, you know, it's a social event. It's right. fun. It's just nice to meet people that have the same values that you do and want to train and do Aikido. And Aikido is so empowering. And frustrating. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Depending on the day. <laughs> nice. So do you ever do cross training with like other schools? Do you ever, do other, other styles ever bring you in and say, Hey, we want to have you come in for a day and show us Aikido, maybe like a karate school or something like that? Not really. really? Okay. Aikido schools all get together. Yep. You know, it must, it must vary depending on the part of the country. Cause around here we've actually not, not a lot, but we do do that every now and then. We'll have, you know, we've had years ago, not you, well, maybe like 10 years ago now, we actually put on a weekend all martial arts seminar where we had Aikido, we had um, Shaolin Kempo, we had Hapkido, we had Taekwondo, we had Karate, we had Judo, we had Jiu-Jitsu, we had Boxing. <laughs> And it was like a two day event and like people could just come and get samples of every style and talk to the instructors. And it was all the money went to charity. It was a really cool event. That is cool. I would love to participate. I'd like to just go. Yeah. I would really like exposure to other arts at that level. That's a really good idea. It's fine. And the guy who I helped run it twice and then the guy just kind of quit doing it. I'm tempted to, now that COVID's done, maybe try to try to bring it back. Talk to my instructor. So we have the space. We have like a 4,000 square foot school. That's actually where we held it when we did it and just mm. invited a whole bunch of other schools in. And yeah, I, that was the first time I had done Aikido in over 20 years because I took it when I was in college. And then when they actually came in and took part of our seminar, I actually got to jump in and do it again. It was kind of fun after not doing it but for quite a while. So everyone gets to participate in whatever class they want to. Yep, even they can. Well, we had one, one group that just wanted to do a demonstration. I can't remember what style it was, but they just wanted to do a, de oh, it was, um, Japanese Aido sword demonstration. He just wanted, oh, he, he, yeah, he just wanted to do a demonstration and then answer yeah. questions, but everyone I else, have. yeah, we jumped in, we did Hapkido, we did boxing, we did jujitsu, we did MMA. You could, you could, if you wanted to, you could, if you, if you want to just watch, you could. Wow. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was mostly, it was basic obviously. So, they, so people who had never done it, they would learn it. But most of the people who were there were at least martial artists in some style. 
Mm-hmm. So, so it wasn't like white belt day one basics. It was maybe like yeah. year, year one, year two basics where like you knew the basics of martial arts so you could pick that stuff up. So, but yeah, it was a great experience and, and I wish we'd keep doing it. Well, if you do it again, please let me know. Oh, I will for sure. Yeah. That'd be actually kind of fun to have you come up for that. So, <laughs> so let's say someone approaches you and they know nothing about martial arts and they said, what's a keto? How would you explain it to them? Generally, I say, because people are more familiar with judo, Mm -hmm. I say that it's more similar to judo than it is a karate style because it's grappling and throwing people down rather than kicking and punching somebody. Okay. So to describe it, I would, I think visually people get a better sense when you talk about judo and that, but I'll say that judo moves in tight and trips and grapples where Aikido moves out and throws more out and in. There's more wide movement where judo is tight movement, but that's where it's at. It's not kicking and punching. Well, that's, that's a good way to explain it. And I've had people ask me that before. <laughs> a lot of my coworkers find that I do it. Oh, what do you know about this style? What do you, what, what is this style about? For me, it's like, I, it's weird because I've been around martial arts my whole life. So I just assume everyone knows what it is sometimes, which is not a good thing to assume. There's a lot of people who just have never been around it. So no, Aikido, you know, it's gaining more popularity. I think our biggest boost was from Steven Seagal years ago. We actually got students from his movies and good students that stayed with us. Oh. And then, you know, whenever a movie came out of his, we all went together as a dojo. And then we'd be like, oh, there's Kote Gosh, there's Zonkyo, you know, identifying all the techniques that he's doing. And, you know, it was fun. I was actually going to ask about that. I was going to ask specifically if, if that had an impact and what were your thoughts on, on, on his portrayal of Aikido on screen? Well, the first movie, Above the Law, was fan and training traditionally and i loved it i loved it i thought that he did a good job i liked his posture and you know just his sense of being but after that i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i got a little shaky added different things that really weren't i know to me i mean like i said i only did it for about a year but some of his later movies looked more almost like aiki jujitsu than aikido yeah he went off to his own style of things but he was good for the art you know he did get the name out there that people had never heard of it before started walking in the door it did make a difference and it was fun to go watch i still like to watch above the law yeah I think Hard to Kill is my favorite one. I don't know. I, yeah, uh, that's true. Hard to Kill is good. Yeah, no, I enjoy those. And and I think a lot of movies have done that. I mean, I, the whole reason I got involved in martial arts was The Karate Kid. The whole reason, <laughs> whole reason I got involved in Shotokan is because I read in a Black Belt magazine article that Jean-Claude Van Damme studied Shotokan when he was a kid. So I went and, <laughs> I went and you know, found a Shotokan school. You know, <laughs> it's like, for me, it was like, all right, it's that person in the movie does this. I'm going to find out what they do. So. Media is impactful. Yeah, exactly. So what advice would you give someone looking to get in martial arts for the first time? They've never done it before, and they just want some tips on maybe what to look for in a school, what to look for in an instructor, and maybe some things to avoid. I would, like myself, go to different schools. Find out about different styles first. What fits your personality? You know, if you're someone like me who doesn't see yourself kicking or punching anybody, you know, you're going to go to those schools and you're not going to visualize yourself there. But if you go to a school and you feel comfortable and, you know, what I'm looking for is manners. Are people bowing to each other? Do you see respect? Do you see camaraderie? Is there helpfulness? Are people just 
being, you know, mean or are they actually helping other people? I think you have to find a, a place that is comfortable for you and someplace that's convenient because if the dojo is not convenient to your living, where you're living, you're not going to go. Right. Fit into your lifestyle, and so that means it has to be within thirty minutes away, or you know, because the first, I think, the first year you have to you have to commit yourself, and then your body wants you to go because you you turn to love it and need it. But it's a lot about the community, you know. If you don't fit into the community and you don't find friendship, and you know, if I needed anything, I you know, I can call an Aikido person. I know I'm going to be okay, and I think that's what the a community of martial artists is really about. Nice. So talk a little bit about then the United States Aikido Federation, kind of, you know, what, what is uh, their mission? What are they doing? I know you were involved with them for a long time as a, was it the board of board of directors? Right. Yeah. I've been on the board. I actually organized still the United States Aikido Federation meeting. They have a meeting once a year okay. um, weekend or the second weekend, Veterans Day weekend um, in November. I've hosted it for, I think, 40 something years. Wow. And, you know, in the beginning, it was all about getting people together like Yamada Sensei, Kanai Sensei, Chiba Sensei, and Tohei Sensei to form the federation. So, in the beginning, it was all about getting these men together with their tribes because every, every sensei has his tribe of close people that he trusts and that take care of him, at least in those days, it was a very, everyone had their, their tribe. And it was bringing the tribes together to, to make common grounds for leadership and, and to organize, you know, how they were going to train and how they were going to teach and how they were going to promote people and be on the same page so that as, as ranks were being promoted, we were all on the same page so that if a black belt from my school would be on equal value as a black belt from someone else's school that's within the federation. We look, you know, we all have our own personalities, but within that personality, we follow the path of traditional Aikido. The United States Aikido Federation is very traditional Aikido. We don't, um, there's not a lot of fancy stuff. I mean, what I love is straight Aikido. I think it is powerful and beautiful and Sometimes you see people doing all these fancy stuff around it and stepping forward and back and around and through. And it's just like, if they would just trust the art itself, just practice it hard and practice it fully and practice it, you know, without making it so complicated, they would see that it works within its own system. But, you know, there's always people who want it. Everyone puts their own take on it. I'm, I would practice differently than you because we're different body types. Right. So I'm going to see what works for me. I might step a little bit further away and not into the chaos more. More when I train, I'm looking for where is there nothing? Where is the empty spot? Where can I move my body that there's no chaos in the middle of chaos? So then I can move forward. But um, that's kind of, you know, <laughs> that's that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother conversation. No, that's a good answer, though. And I was just looking <laughs> at their website, and I do like, they do have a list of all their member schools, which is nice. And I found that the, the one local Aikido school we have is not, must not be a member of them, but we do have one in Minnesota. So down in, <laughs> down in the Twin Cities. I don't know if I've ever been. To, I know I've, yeah. I've visited one down there. I don't, that doesn't ring a bell. So I don't think I've been to that one, but no, that's cool. I'll, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll put a link for that out there also when, when the episode comes out. So 
Terrific. Nice. So the Federation, like all Aikido schools, took a big hit during the pandemic right. because Aikido is up close and personal. You can't really train without basically sweating on somebody. You know, yeah. it's hand-to-hand combat in a way. But um, we all took a big hit during the pandemic. Those that survived, survived doing weapons in a park or like we did was just divide our mat up so that everyone was in a six foot space. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, with like, you know, you couldn't really, there, there was really no option to do anything virtual, I suppose. Um, we did do virtual training. The International Aikido Federation during the pandemic had, I think it was once a month or once a week classes in the United States Aikido Federation. Also, I attended those classes and, and taught the class, a okay. couple of classes that, um, it's different, you know, yeah. when I was attending them, even you need a partner to do Aikido. And I don't know, the energy that's on the mat and with people grabbing each other is very hard to reproduce in your living room by yourself. Definitely. No, that's definitely not the same thing. I've tried doing both. So I, I completely agree with you on that one. Yeah, that's where a thousand cuts come in because then you're on your own, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Now, as you mentioned, you know, Aikido is a, is a traditional mart, but it's also a modern martial art. It's one of the newer ones out of the traditional ones. So oh. studying a traditional martial art most of your life, wh- just curious, what are your thoughts on like MMA and the UFC? And are you a fan? I think everybody has their own path, mm-hmm. not my path. I would never choose to do it. I understand that people love that and I respect for people to follow their passion and what they want to do, but it's not for me. Okay. I love Aikido. I love traditional Aikido. I love the power and the the fluidity and the movement of it. I think it's beautiful and empowering and um it it fits me. It's a good answer. All right. So who, what are, who are some names or who are some people they, they don't, they can be people you've actually met and trained with or people that you've never met before, but who are some names that you would put on your personal Mount Rushmore of martial arts? Jackie Chan. Nice. He's my favorite. (laughs) I love him. (laughs) Okay. I mean, Rush Hour, he's just so funny and, and like a MacGyver and so creative and just, I love him in Shanghai Nights. I could have watched it. I have watched it more times than I want to admit. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great movie. Come on. It is great. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to diss Aikido. I love Aikido. Right. I love Osense. I love all the people that do Aikido. They're so impressive. I mean, I was lucky enough to train with the people who trained with Osensei. So Kanai Sensei and Yamada Sensei and Chiba Sensei and Tohei Sensei and Tamara Sensei, who all were original students. I am so blessed that I am the grandchild of Aikido and that, and I appreciate that I've had a chance to work with these people and travel with them and learn from them and for them to know me because we put on the winter seminar at the United States Aikido Federation political seminar. So they've all been here. And since I was the host, I was unique and fortunate enough to have personal interactions with all of them. So it wasn't just on the mat training, but I had a chance to, to go to dinner with them, to invite them to my house for dinner, to See, you know, personally go up and make sure that they're okay to talk to the members of their personal tribes and become friendly with them, where a lot of people don't have that opportunity right. to get up personal. I do appreciate it. And I um, 
am honored by it and feel responsible as I'm teaching to, to teach those goals. And from what I learned to try to make that step forward so that other people can try to feel, feel it, mm-hmm. learn it and understand it. it. It's a tremendous responsibility. Oh yeah. That's really cool though. I mean, it's just knowing that lineage that you're connected to is, I mean, and you want anyone who has anything about Aikido and knows that lineage that you're connected to, that's beyond impressive and such a, such an honor for you, I would imagine. Complete. It's a blessing. I don't know how I got to be so lucky, but I appreciate it. That's good. <laughs> that's cool. good. So in all your years of martial arts, is there one philosophy you've learned that rises to the top? One that's just really important to you and you keep coming back to and and you make sure that you teach to your own students still? Respect each other. Nice and simple. Just respect each other. You know, don't don't let your ego get in the way of your learning. And I don't know, people try to hurt each other thinking that they're it's a, a, a sign of power. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's a weakness. I think being able to be strong and empowering and blending and making your point across without harming others is the whole goal. Nice. So in in all your years teaching, I know like in in a lot of the schools I've been to, we've had students that have come to learn for the wrong reason. Has that ever happened at your school, unfortunately, or have you been lucky with that? No, there's always those guys that (laughs) come in and, they're full of themselves and they know everything and they're black belts in this and they're black belts in that. And, you know, they just use strength instead of technique. It's funny because women will walk in and they don't have the strength. Men come in and they have the strength to muscle through techniques. Women really have to learn techniques technically right. to make it. So as as time goes by, that line, that equalizer of really having to learn the technique and just muscling through it so you don't really learn it well, it comes to light and it there is a difference. And I think that um, there's a lot of great women out there because they had to be. They You don't survive. You know, there's it's very physical. Someone grabbing you and throwing you down. And if they're trying to throw you through the mat instead of on the mat and they're 150 or they're I mean, I'm not a big woman, Mm -hmm. but it's not that hard to throw me down. But if you're getting a big guy and then it's on my turn, you know, it's just respect. It's just like, okay, let's learn this martial art together and let's be equally as powerful. But don't try to do tricks and you know, I'm trying one thing that drives me crazy is that people take kindness for weakness. Mm-hmm. So I'll be training with someone and so I'm going slower so they can learn it, or I'm going to physically I don't try not to talk when I'm training. I'm gonna physically try to show them something and immediately they feel like, oh, they know it more than me and they're gonna show me how to do it. And I'm just being kind. And then it's like, okay, I guess we're not going to do that. We're just going to play this game out. (laughs) You know, and all you're doing is trying to show them the way without using your voice, but use your body to show them the way. But they take kindness as weakness. And I think people can, you know, but then you just have to show them that that's not really the case. Definitely. You you don't have to be kind if you don't want to be. (laughs) There you go. Nice. So have you ever had a student come then who 
had previous martial arts experience, maybe it was a black belt in another style and switched to, to your school and have they stuck with it and, and for, for the long term and, and really devoted themselves to Aikido? And, and if so, how well did they pick it up or was, was there difficulty because of their other training? Yeah, we've had some students who have, were just looking for something else. They were looking for a different way. And not that they took what they learned and didn't use it again. And we've had students who go to other martial arts, but then come back to Aikido as a multiple training. You know, there's a not one size fits all. Right. So you might like to do a little of this and a little of that and keep that training we have students, I have a student who I love and he's so great and strong. And I gave him his first day class and now he's a six degree black belt. Wow. And he's done other martial arts. He did other martial arts before. He still does other martial arts too. But when he's at the dojo, he does Aikido. Okay. He respects the art for what it is. And he doesn't try to do funny stuff in between. You can see his body strong and knowledgeable but he's doing Aikido. Very cool. All right. I got a few fun questions to wrap it up. Do you have a favorite martial arts book? Aikido and the dynamic sphere. <laughs> I kind of figured that was going to be your answer <laughs> since we talked about it. Okay, cool, cool. All right. This one you might not have an answer for, but did you, I'm not sure if you ever played video games at all, but if so, do you have a favorite martial arts video game? I don't. Okay. I'm sorry. Nope. I'm not a video game player, even though um, Kid Vision, which is my other life, I am the mm-hmm. education director at South Florida PBS and did create an app that has little games, but they're for kids. It's for like four and five year olds. Okay. No problem. So, no problem. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone has an answer for that one. So, no. all right. No. F- favorite martial arts TV show? Oh, Kung Fu. The original? Okay. I loved it. Yes. Now, did you ever watch the the sequel in the, the early 90s that Kung Fu the Legend Continues with David Carradine? I did. Oh, but you know what? Now I'm going to take all that back because the new Karate Kid was amazing. Oh, Cobra Kai? Yes, Cobra Kai. I have to say that's probably one of my favorite because I love how it, I love the flashbacks mm-hmm. and it's the same people and, you know, it's corny and fun. It's so good. <laughs> It's so good. And it has so many Aikido qualities to it too, you know? A few years ago that went to bed my answer, but yeah, it's, 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 I never miss it. I watch it with my daughter. She loves it too. And it's, it's our favorite show to watch together probably. So it's a great show. Yeah, I can't wait, really. can't wait till September with a new season. So, uh, and then you love to hate people and then you're like, no, I love him. What is he doing? Why is he doing it? Like, that? I know. I was like, why is Johnny a good guy now? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> But it's so good. Nice, nice. All right. Final question. Favorite martial arts movie? Shanghai Nights. Nice. Classic. Love yeah. Jackie. Love Jackie Chan so much. That's that's oh, he, he'd, he'd be a he'd be a dream guest to get on the show for me. Please. <laughs> oh, if you get him on, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I've actually I put a request into him. I put a request into Steven Seagal. So far, no responses, unfortunately, but I at least gotta try. So <laughs> Yeah. May the force be with you because those are two good ones. That would be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Cool. Well, I will put links to your school on the show notes and put links to the United States Aikido Federation and anything else you want me to put links for. Anything else that that maybe I I didn't ask about that you want to make sure we chat about before I let you go? I appreciate it. Thank you, Brian, for seeking me out. And it was great to talk to you. And 
nice for people to, under, to learn more about Aikido. I hope they follow through and check it out and I'll throw you around anytime. Yeah, definitely. And I will, uh, actually I might, I might be down your way in, um, I might be down in Orlando for, a. Uh, a conference in May of next year. <laughs> so, and I, if I am, I'll probably go down a couple of days early because I got friends and family down there and stuff, but I'd love to come check out your school. So uh, it'd be great. Fort Lauderdale is about three hours away. So it's a little bit for far, but um, that's nothing. <laughs> My daughter actually lives in Orlando. Okay. So you never know. We cool. can connect. Cool. Definitely. Definitely. Well, well, I'll be in touch. Your episode should be out in a couple of weeks and I will be in touch when it's ready, but I, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist. We hope you will join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Also, be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com. There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist, and we'll see you next week.